Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Take TV podcast. It is February the 13th. The boys are all back together. Uh, and we're here to discuss you. some, some preseason news. We got um, a few preseason reports. George is going to go through the that's him and JD's bread and butter. This is their favorite time of the year. So we'll let them go and update us on a few things there. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, our top two in each position. We've probably come to the agreement of the you know the top of each position. So we're going to try and see what we all think for the you know the next D two you know D three stuff like that. Forward strategy, the forward line, as we all know, if we've had a look at the game this year, is an absolute mess. And then we're going to um, discuss some highly owned players that uh, we think we might be fading uh, as a bit of fun at the end. So, how are we, boys? George, you uh, all good up top? How's it going? How's the recovery going? Good. They're very good. Two months in to that. Um, their work done on their hair. Still have to wear the hat for now, um, but. It takes a good four months to see results, but yeah, it's actually for... been challenging. Well, I'm just curious. No, like, no. Nah, first nah, month, nah, you're good. First few nights, could not sleep at all. Uh, really? Sleeping with your head upright, and um, yeah, try not to move and all that stuff. But yeah, I think the last podcast we did, JD brought it up straight away, and looks like yep. we're well, continuing. Sorry, mate, I'm trend. catching up with you. So yeah, so that's all right. Last enough. one, we won't we won't do it from here. That's all right, um, <laughs> JD. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I had I had the courtesy to ask beforehand this time, Mano. Jeez, talk about putting you on the spot. You know, no, I'm all right. I'm looking forward to what we've got um like intra club games getting streamed live from tomorrow. So signed up uh, for wow. the North North uh, Intra Club. Uh so yeah, things are really getting into peak preseason mode. We're just desperate for some footy. So good to discuss some of the key topics, get through some of the key news, and hopefully we'll click our fingers and before we know it, it'll be round zero, we'll have passed and we'll actually be into the thick of the real stuff. Yeah. Yeah, look, I could have brought up something else that, uh, you know, sort of missed in the last month or so, but uh, I thought we'd leave that one parked. So, um, George, preseason reports, mate. You've got, as I can look on my right here, my other monitor, an absolute slab of writing. So we'll try yes. and get through it. Quickly, but in somewhat maybe discuss some points that, that we think are pretty relevant. So um, take it away. Yeah, these reports, I mean, most days I check. We've got in our Discord preseason yeah. reports section. So people that find stuff, whether that's like a big footy, preferably a track watcher, but mostly it's like afl.com.au articles or Herald Sun or whatnot or Twitter. You know, you got the journals and stuff going down to training. So stuff like that. We'll try to keep you guys up to date as much as possible. I know for myself, I check this stuff daily. Um, and I guess my research, it's less into the numbers. A lot of the numbers in the back of my head. Um, it's more into just preseason reports. And we're still trying to figure out this forward line and whatnot. But I'll, I'll read what we've got out and right. you guys can... George, George's a big vibes guy. I just wanted to check, <laughs> have you have you got into the Instagram posts yet? You know. Oh, yes. I did leave that out with a big 40 Twitter and a big trifecta Instagram. Um, <laughs> well, I was yeah. made aware of this Connor McDonald one or something. George somehow spotted him in some YouTube video. Like, <laughs> how did you find that? Yeah, oh, that was on Big Footy. Uh, I didn't know the guy. Apparently, the guy's a popular YouTuber. He does like goes around in like rough areas, like oh Melbourne's roughest area, and then Connor McDonald's face shows up for like five seconds. <laughs> He's hanging yeah, out is- there. This is the patented ex-baller metric that George uh, runs over Instagram to figure out yes. are they a baller or not. Uh, very mm-hmm. scientific. It produced many great premium picks. Uh, thankfully, he, do- he spares the Discord from actually sharing a lot of these thoughts <laughs> and insights most of the time. Well, we do remember uh, Dunkley was hanging out with Antonio Brown. And you know when he was fully fit, he was just about the top scorer. 
So, you know, I'm not sure that's a claim these days, but <laughs> yeah, <it's true>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about what well, the future said before dunks. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, look, we'll get into the preseason you reports. Of, you know, your older videos, what back in the day, just uh, it's just funny stuff, mate. But hey, it works yeah. to an extent for you. It might not work for everyone, but it works for George. Oh, so. it sometimes works, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. But that's all part of the fun. So we'll go um, by each club, basically. Read a, a few lines from what's happening at each club. So start with the Crows. Uh, Dan Curtin is a popular rookie at the moment. Um, sounds like he should play round one. He's had some knee soreness, but he has been training recently. He'd been limited to jogging for a while there, but it sounds like he's back training. I'm not sure in full capacity just yet, but he's one that we can look at. I'm not sure where he fits, like because his utility, Crows have a lot of defenders, but I think one that we need to carefully monitor, 180K rookie, is Dan Curtin. A bit of talk over Isaac Rankin's midtime. Uh, there was a podcast on SEN uh, with Laird, and Laird basically said Rankin, a couple CBAs here and there, and mostly high half forward. So you would have seen maybe that uh, Rankin more midtime. This one's from Instagram. Lockie Neal's arms. Have you guys seen them? Wow. I actually haven't. Is it more tats than he had last year? Like he's got a few. You more. will confuse his arm for Tom Liberatore. Put it that way. Really? Are they all? Are they all wonky stickers as well? Uh, seems like it. I haven't looked deeply into it, but I do follow Lockie and it did pop up on my uh feed. Oh. That is a one to I look out for. This is third on the oh, list. He's got, he's got more birds. Oh, I see. He's got Fugazi, he's got uh, a lobster. Yeah, this is very uh Libertori esque. He's got a rose. I, I cannot tell what that is. It looks like a salt shaker. I don't know. Maybe he can become the official mascot for the Discord if it's a salt shaker. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I thought some interesting, yeah, interesting choices there. Old Gold Coast, have, they've been passing the tattoo gun around too. Another one from Carlton. So Zach Williams has joined in. With oh, the I, George, team. sorry, you can't just glaze past this. For those that are, you know listening at home, tattoos, good or bad, and please explain why. Tattoos bad. They're toxic. Should we just say what happens, JD? Like he, George will see a player nearly every second day. He's got these new tats. Uh, he's mentioned someone today, like some. I don't know, 10-year-old guy on YouTube that just got tatted up and George will say... Yeah, not happy about so it. So-and-so, look at these tats, like, hates it. Like, Carried away. Three or four times a week without without fail. So, to anyone no, who's watching it has tattoos. tattoos. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he, he comes from the Dodoro School of Recruitment then because Dodoro likes the clean, <laughs> clean-cut kids as well. No, no, no one with tats. So, just yeah, skips maybe over the public school boys. Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, so tattoo is bad, Neil. I mean, if he was already in doubt, just strike him off your list. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right, sorry. Please continue on. We'll move on. Uh, we'll get a little bit more serious now. Uh, Zach Williams has did a bit of work with the main group and did a match sim and looked good apparently. And you hear them talk about how highly they rate him internally. Moving on to Collingwood. So one for our bench, Reef McInnes kicked four goals in a match sim. So he could be in line for that uh, McStay position. Uh, Finn McRae, uh, not sure if he's best 22 or not. I did look at their teams um, or their match sim and the names were pretty even across each team. So I don't think we know for sure if he's going to be in the ones or twos just yet, but still we're waiting on that one. The hot tip I'm hearing is Reef's in those Collingwood best 22s and and mm. uh, Finn's on the outside. So I'd be planning to not have him at this point. Okay, I do hope we get him though. Um, be, would be nice, but yeah, not encouraging there. Over to Essendon, 
Uh, Merritt's dropped a bit of weight. Would that be good or bad, JD? Does that mean he left Essendon Footy Club? Because he's been carrying a lot of weight <laughs> on his back for a while. How's he dropping all that weight? Um, I, I don't know. It's neither here nor there. I don't like. He's not. He's not exactly a particularly beefy guy to begin with. So I'm not like what a bit of extra running capacity. You know, it's not like the. I think the ones that where it's uh, been a problem in the past has been like Crips, Steel, these types where they've been big contested bulls. They've tried to drop weight and then they kind of haven't been good at anything. Like the extra running capacity that they got. Wasn't um, really used. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't that useful and they lost their contested edge. So for someone like Merritt, who's probably a balanced mid anyway, more inside outside, that's probably fine. But I mean, it gets, gets depends on how much weight and we'll, we'll see in the preseason. I wouldn't, I wouldn't read into it too much. Yep, and then Merritt also made the comment that Parrish has been the best trainer on the track this preseason, looking pretty good at the moment. The plane's ready for takeoff, boys. Jump on board. I'll see you last Yeah, time Malaysia Airlines there. <laughs> and then uh, young Hobbs. I'm a big fan of Hobbs, even though I got burnt by trading him in last year. Uh, shoulder injury. Uh, do you know the timeline by any chance, Jackson? Uh, I believe it was just a stinger. So I think there's a okay. chance he's still back from round one, but there was talk that he may actually not end up in the best 22 anyway, especially if uh, they decide to put Setterfield back in there. Still want to persist with Caldwell. So he might uh, do some extra development time in the twos this year. Yep. Uh, Silas has done a bit of work, mostly on the wing this preseason, but has looked good. And Nick Martin, your boy JD, is playing halfback and taking kick in. So that's one we're all watching carefully. Lock him in. From um, the big footy people I've spoken to, uh, it's still a bit of a mix on kick-ins, and the last session didn't have Ridley either. So wait and see exactly how much uh, kick-ins he gets. But yeah, the halfback role seems real. Yep. Moving on to Fremantle. And Heath Chapman, unfortunate, be devastated, had that massive hamstring surgery and now has is looking at an eight- to ten-week hamstring at the moment. So he's missing round one. So he'd be devastated with that. Um, yeah, take him out of your sides, move on. Yeah. Uh, Nat5 fully fit, playing inside midfield. Bit of a squeeze in the Frio midfield at the moment, but he's looking fully fit and ownership's very high at the moment. It Moving should go to- higher. It should go higher. Everyone, get oh, in yes. five. Let's go. Are you on board, Eno? Let's park that till later. Let's park that yeah. till later. Get through, get through uh, this stuff. Yeah, still a fair bit more to go through. Uh, Alex Sexton playing half back. That'll be interesting for the Suns. And 133k forward. So interesting if he gets the role, but probably on the outside of the best 22. Yeah, they've got like power. And Buderick has been touted to play the Jaden short role. This will be his first preseason, full preseason in a long time. So one we're watching, a bit expensive at 300k, but could be the main distributor back there. So we're that- keeping our eyes peeled for that one. That's your Chapman replacement. Slot him in. Moving on to the Giants. Uh, young Darcy Jones is supposed to have a big impact this year, according to Toby Green. They do like him. I think he had a pretty bad injury all last year. But he's highly touted there, so it might be one for your forward bench. Um, I think that's all we've got from the Giants. Uh, moving on to... Cadman's been talked up as well, but, you know, key position forward, breaking, breaking, break glass in case of emergency type scenario. Yeah, has put on a few kilos too. Uh, Finn Callahan as well was one there touted to break out. Um, we saw Josh Kelly move more to the wing. Does that mean Callahan goes more inside? I guess a bit of an awkward price, but one to watch. Uh, Connor McDonald, uh, yeah, moving on to Hawthorne, Connor McDonald played a lot on the wing. So you look at that, um, the additions of 
Hardwick, uh, Watson, and Ginevan to that Hawthorne forward line. Might be a bit of a squeeze there. And I've heard even Dylan Moore has rotated a bit on the wing. Not much, but more so. Connor McDonald played a lot on the wing in match sim. So I think, yeah, myself, is, we're hoping a bit more mid-time. But sounds like he will get a bit of mid-time. But that Sam Mitchell's got some uh, magnet flicking around business stuff going there. Looks well, like a circle, right? You know, Amon going back, Hardwick going forward, so forward going on the wing. It's just like a, <laughs> yeah. a rotation. Um, so that's, who knows? Um, yeah, that's a big watch in the preseason for who plays where. Um. Moving on to Melbourne, Jack Billings played in the second team. A little bit concerning. Uh, I was hopeful um, that he would make the ones, but it's only training, so it's just just an observation at this point. I still think there's a chance. George, um, actually just when I was cooking dinner before, watching track on Dylan Friends, I think it came out today or yesterday, and yep. he was talking Billings up big time. And look, most people do, the new teammate, blah, blah, blah. But he said, like, that's what he's what they need, some good inside 50 kicking because – He's like me, myself, I've been terrible at it. Um, he brings that, you know, actual polish into the forward line. So I still think there's hope. You don't really probably get a guy like that across to not at least give him a go. Whether that's straight up, we don't know. I mean, all, all the reports on Billings I've read are very, very positive. Very good. I'd be surprised yeah, so. if he wasn't best 22. Yeah. We'd be really just, surprised. Just one match soon. I don't, didn't take too much. That is encouraging insight. So it's good to hear. Um, Windsor and Larry trained in the first team. So two rookies. Windsor's 180K, uh, more of an outside role. And then Larry, I think he posts by, in, I don't know if they have a buy in the VFL. It's a lot of 90s and 100 scores in there for VFL. Don't know the exact average, but scoring looks good in the, in the VFL. So keep your eyes on Windsor and Larry we'll, or Laurie. Uh, we'll know that from round zero, where they're at sort of thing. Uh, Clayton Oliver joined in with the main group for partial bit of training which is good for him obviously we're I mean, not hoping that he um goes back to normality at some point so that is melbourne um if he plays round one i don't still wouldn't go there though but um we'll see moving on to north melbourne who of course have that lovely match sim we're all going to tune into uh, on wednesday uh, Braden george is training in the ones at half back so Obviously, they've been looking, had halfback issues for a while now using old heads there. So he could be one, had that freak injury, I don't remember exactly, but he's one to watch. And if he's playing halfback, high talent, could be fieldable. 124K um, forward for Supercoach. So very much interested in a line that is so weak. Yep. And McKercher in the midfield, potentially. Yeah. That, so that's that's some comment watch. was that, yeah, he might be playing midfield so because they've got these other halfbacks. Um, they're trying the so, exact wording was like he didn't press so much that yeah. he may just end up playing on the ball rather than starting at half back role. I think either way, in tomorrow, uh, yeah, either way, someone that we're comfortable starting, yeah, we'll see. Uh, another Instagram one, but Taryn Thomas has unfollowed uh, North Melbourne on Instagram. Uh, think of suspension, I don't know if it's come out yet, but are you, are you actually it? serious? <laughs> How did this make it on the run sheet? What are you talking about? <laughs> I told you, Instagram is a key part of research. <laughs> it, it links Boy, JD. You know, he's suspended for a while, probably at some point. So and the reason why, yeah, open spots. <laughs> exactly. So you've got Lazaro, Powell, and Phillips, who could see. You know, I guess maybe one of them will spend more time in that midfield with Thomas out. So I guess that's one to watch. But those plays have been kind of sketchy um, over the past few years. So maybe 
they can one of them can consolidate a spot so worth watching uh power is one that is said that he'll play mid and forward uh tristan cherry is in non-contact work after his face fracture it seems like he'll be right for round one and moving on to north's uh next favorite team which is port and the player of course is horn francis he's been talked up quite a lot this preseason um down at alberton so one to watch for a breakout i think um obviously was not quite fit didn't have much preseason last year and yeah looks like he's looking really good been overseas with boke and whatnot so expecting him to take a step this year uh red rosie probably two weeks ago was on load management did have the hamstring awareness uh, but that's like very minor reports. So uh, assuming obviously like sounds like he'll be fine for round one and whatnot, but just, yeah, worth mentioning. Uh, moving on to your boys, um, and I at the Tigers. Now, Liam Baker in the midfield, uh, any thoughts on that move? So there's about six, seven blokes playing midfield this year. I, I need to see what's going on. It's way too hard to. Yep. Pick what's going on, you know. Dusty's back to a full time mid. We got Thompson Dow is going to get a go in there. You got, got Hopper, Tarando, mate. There's not enough spots to go the around. Shea Bumpkin's going to get to come back. Meatball when he's yeah, not yeah. Um, injuring himself. So, uh, yeah, no idea. At least look, it's a round zero team. It that makes it a bit boring, but you, you can just say that. But obviously, we'll watch. I think uh, Richmond play Melbourne on the weekend. I think that's on Ko. Someone sent in the Discord before, I think Sunday, Sunday yeah. morning. Oh, Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Sorry, yeah, yeah. so tune in there. Uh, I know it's an earlier one um, for a preseason game. But, yeah, we're going to have to learn uh, at the end of the day of what's actually going to go on, see if we can get a decent idea every few games. And then, yeah, we get the one against Gold Coast in round zero to have a proper look. So interesting. I think, mate, the way the forward line looks, if Bakes is getting 40 50% CBAs, <laughs> there's a fair chance he's – I mean, it's funny. It's all like Dusty's there, Shay. It's like the whole top six because of how weak it is. Could be bloody Richmond. And it's going to piss a lot of people off because I know they're <laughs> prone to some poor scores at times. So I yeah. uh, look forward to sitting back and watching that unfold. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, moving on with Richmond. But, yeah, Dusty's hitting PBs and we're hearing all these great things on. Dusty did have a hamstring injury early in the season, in preseason, but all good now. Uh, Shay, in the Baker article that came out today, or was it yesterday, one of the two, uh, Shay said that he said that Shay Bolton will spend a bit more time forward. CBAs were quite high last year. Uh, Thompson Dow's impressing. Yeah. yeah. Thompson Dow's impressing. So that's one to watch 250k for, uh, sorry, 250k mid. I have seen him pop in a, pop into a few Discord teams. So keep yeah. your eye on that one. He's interesting. It's just whether he's worth one of those mid spots. You know, do you pick five mids and we've got, we might have three really good rookies to field in the midfield. So it's like, do you have a spot to pick him? You know, if Matty Roberts is an option, right, you're going to want him on field if he's playing where he's uh, supposedly. So it makes it a bit harder you know, to maybe fit someone like Dow in. You might have to give up a mid, but yeah. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Saints. Not much on the Saints. Uh, apparently Sinclair's had a minor calf issue. Um, nothing official, but yeah, it seems like training reports have indicated that. So, yeah, one to monitor. He's still in a few teams, old Sinclair, but seems to be behind the 650, 620K guys in terms of, yeah, super coach preferences at this stage. Uh, Darcy Wilson to play half forward or wing. They do like him, Darcy Wilson, big work rate. And then Hunter Clark's injured some sort of 
face issue or got knocked in the head or something like that, which is a concern for him. That is the Saints. Moving on to the Swans. Um, Isaac Heaney's been playing a bit in the midfield in preseason. I dare say we've seen this <laughs> straight. Um, How do you still read these articles, George? You get sucked <laughs> in every year. He's, he's done work in the midfield. No way he's not going to get a sniff of it. They've brought in Adams, <laughs> Jordan. They've got Sheldrick waiting on the bench. Come on. You are a hater. I'm not <laughs> a hater. He's just going to play high half forward, and that's where he did his best work. He actually looked lost in the midfield at times last year. Uh, high half forward, pushing up is okay, but no midfield time. It won't be happening. And I, back half of the year, when there's no forwards available, we're trading oh, him mate. In. We'll look that way because, yeah, unless we're getting DPPs. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to think what like when you bring up the average forwards, uh, like what all their averages in like round six. What that's going to look like? It's going to be disgusting. Harley reads a keeper at this rate. <laughs> It'll be like one key forward who's kicked a bag and popped up their average, and that's about it. Yeah, we'll be uh, holding Harley Reid in his management games at this rate. <laughs> um, Maddie Roberts playing half back. It seems um, still early days, but. Seems to be impressing. I can't remember who. Someone was massively talking him up. Might have been David King, maybe? No, it wouldn't have yeah. been because he doesn't travel. Like it's that. It's popped up in like some best 22 predictions as well. Yeah. Who knows? Something you get to monitor. Anyway, um, that's the Swans. Also, Adam. Seems like Adam's going to play midfield as expected. Moving on to the Dogs. Uh, Jack McRae's done a hamstring. Um, bit of a weird one. Just showing signs of regression. Now the hamstring, it is a worry, um, but yeah, still in some teams. Uh, Bond's been in full training since Christmas, just had the ankle clean out. Said it wasn't a big deal when he was on radio um, early this year. And then James Harms is impressing. It looks like he'll be best 22 and kicked four in a match sim playing half forward and mid. And yeah, I guess the last one with the West Coast is, yeah, Harley Reid might, not, might not play every game according to Adam Simpson. So they're captain your players against them. <laughs> yes, they are injury riddled at the moment. Yeah. I guess Yo is another one playing. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's actually one of the fit ones that they have there, believe it or not. So that is interesting. But yeah, you've got Port and the Dogs, I think they've got, you know, we've got popular mids against those guys early on. So it could be captaincy there. Anyway, those yep. are the preseason reports. Yep. Over to you, Anna. Um, well, yeah, no, it's, as the next few weeks unfold, it's a good thing to yeah jump in the Discord if you haven't already, just to follow that th that channel we have. Anyone, you know, sort of spots anything, uh, you know, it's hard to find everything yourself and it's just one spot where you can go, you know, have a scroll through once a day. You don't have to obviously keep your eyes on it, but you can just see what's the, the new updates been happening in match sims that's going to come up and, you know, any injury news, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just easy. I find it easy, JD, just... Pop in there at the end of the day or have a look and just scroll through what's been posted. Of course, you guys find it easy. I'm the one that bloody yeah, you're the one doing all the reports Thanks, and doing all the <laughs> news. George is like, oh, I do this all day, all night. It doesn't say a bloody thing. He keeps it all for himself. Just so if you're in the, the Discord yeah. and you're finding stuff, please add it in, all right? That is the place to put it so everyone can stay on top of what's going on in the preseason reports. Thank you. That is my piece. <laughs> George's only for his notebook. Uh, that's, that's it. Oh, I yeah, just keep man. it in the head. But, I got nothing on Excel or anything. No, the Instagram notes, keep those separate. Put them to the side. <laughs> all right. But the, the rest new of it. New channel? New channel, maybe? 
<laughs> I think we need like you know like they got drama. Yeah, right? I should have yeah. said that. We need an <laughs> AFL one. Someone, if anyone wants to make a YouTube channel, just make an AFL news and just like, like get all the updates. Thing. Yeah, yeah true. Journalism spots are hard to get these days. Just start your own YouTube channel, AFL Daily, and fly away. <laughs> I'll help you out, mate. Not a bad idea. I won't be doing that though. All right, next topic. We've got it through all that um, preseason reports. Um, probably the first and last time we'll probably do that in the podcast. You know, it's it's good to get an update. We've just come back, um, sort of us three together as a pod. But that channel is going to be help, helpful towards you uh, for the next few weeks. But we thought. Now, JD initially said, why don't we pick, oh, who do you think's our, you know, top of each line? Uh, and I quickly said back to him, well, I think that's probably a pretty consensus thing. Um, would you see any of these people not being mentioned as your um, top of the line? So Dacos D1, Bont M1, English R1, and Flanders F1. Would any of you say anything different to that? Or is that pretty consensus, JD, would you think? The yeah, I I mean I think if I had to lock in for now, it'd be those four. Yeah. The one that I'm probably uh, least locked in on is Bont. I, like I think there's a good chance Bont gets overtaken by someone else this year. Uh, but the problem is I have a hard time picking who it who it would be. Mm. But if I was to pick the field against someone, I think it'd be against Bont. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. George, would you pick the field against any of these guys, or would you would you pick them uh, to continue or? I guess continue here. Yeah, I think they're all top of their line besides Flanders. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll take the field against English. Okay. I still think the split against Lob is... Forget the concussion stuff. Like, take put that to the side. I think the split with Lob will happen throughout the year like it did in round 24. So is that a total yeah, points, like, back, you know, sort of thing as well, I guess? Do you think... Oh, not even that. Oh, no, you're just saying that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll eat into him a bit. Could see a drop of, like, 10 points a game. Yeah. Which would That's put him below guys, what Max did solo. You guys pick it against the two dogs who were like, <laughs> like Bont 10 points per game ahead of Clary and English, I don't even want to know, 15 points or something per game ahead. So it'd be tough. Um, I almost want to say Flanders just because, I don't know, new coach. We think he's going to get the role in, in the midfield. And to be honest, there's not really any competition in the line. So I get why you guys aren't saying him. But anyway... We'll get to the point of where we think it's probably, yeah, that's very consensus that we think those four are probably the top of the line. So we're going to go to the next spot. Who do we think can be D2, M2, R2, F2? Because that's probably more interesting discussion because, uh, yeah, it's not so clear cut. So we'll start on the defense. Um, George, if you have to lay your flag on anyone here, um, not named Nick Dacos, who, who, who would you be putting it on? Um, I'm going to take... Yeah, I'm using my head here, not the heart. Uh, Tom Stewart. Oh, wow. Reasons? Uh, Just the easiest role in football. And he plays it to perfection, to be fair. And there's not really – he doesn't really get tagged much. Um, There's no real moving – I got Max Holmes going back there. That's like not much else is changing. He's not a key position player. He's never really really has been. So plays a flanker role that can intercept – so, I mean, probably averaged nearly, take out the injury game, probably like 115, 116 last year. Probably we'll do that again. So he's my D2. Yep. JD, do you agree or do you have someone else? Uh, no, I'm going to go hot take here. I'll pull out the hot take card. 
And my okay. D2 for the year is currently not a defender. It is Nick Martin. I'm going to back him in to end up as the second <laughs> best like defender it. for the year. So if you have like 110 plus, you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go 110 plus and I'll go um, Sicily and Stewart to slightly regress. A little bit of drop off. Yep. 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 Um, Who's your D2? Well, I think man? Stewart's a good answer. Um, Jaws, I... I I still think Sicily has the most upside out of the I mean, even Nick himself. We're not talking about him. He's clearly someone who can, he's probably going to average, you know, 125 plus multiple times in his career. Um, but Sicily, if everything goes right, and that's obviously the problem with him. Last year we saw, you know, as owners, uh, games with blank, you know, very good, able to play that third, you know, tall intercept role. But games when he had to play in like a Jeremy Cameron and yeah. locked down, he just wasn't pretty to watch. Or 50 uh, or something. So um, if you can assure me that, obviously the whole year, I think it's pretty not clear because obviously Stewart and others are good in their own right. But I think Sicily would have a hard time not averaging close to sort of, you know, high one, you know, high one teens and pushing 120, which, which he's shown uh, in the past. But yeah, it's just, that uncertainty around Sammy Mitchell and what, you know, we've seen him flicking some magnets around. He does not, um, he doesn't mind doing that. And then especially with this sort of rebuilding team in a sense, um, that can definitely continue. So I think it's the highest upside. And if it all goes well, I think Sissel will finish there. So there's other reasons too, like Hardwick obviously coming out of the back line, took a lot of kick-ins, but Amon's gone back there. So you could say that's just sort of a direct swap, but I think Hardwick took like twice as many kick-ins as Sis. So anyway, I think, I'll put it on sis, but him and Stuart for me are both probably good picks. Are, are we doing disrespect by not even mentioning the person that finished top for uh, total points last year in defense? Probably slightly. Um, do, and, do you know who it is? Yeah, I know who it is because it's that guy I played every game and it's bloody Luke Ryan. Um, <laughs> okay, as long as with you know younger, it no, 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 no it's not dis- it's not disrespectful. Let's move on. No, no as long as we know who it is. Well, he went one what one oh nine JD and Hayden Young's gone out of was the back one, line, was but one oh nine or was it one oh six? It was it know. was it was good. It was one oh nine. I'm looking at Surely it. they have to change the way they play. It was a disaster that's, that's, last year. Yeah, I think a lot of Frio fans say well, I've said oh, that for a while, haven't they? And it didn't crazy. really like Yeah. I have those games at the start of the year. I remember him and Cox just playing um, you know, kick to kick eating yeah, Sharon yeah, for wax. fun in the back line. Yeah, that's just yeah. wax on, wax off. So no, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of Freo fans share that. Um, thought, don't they, George? So we yeah. kind of yet to really see it. Um, but surely, you know, what like JL's got to keep his job at this rate, really. You reckon he's under a bit of pressure? So, yeah, um, sure. Yeah, surely that changes. Should we do a D3 right. or go to the midfield? You, we can right, go to D3. D3. Maybe just one quick one because it might yeah. be a bit. Um, okay, um, go. Yeah, I'll go Sicily. I think yeah. tags are a problem with him. Like, I think yeah. you almost have to. Yeah, I don't so think it'd be too much different. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Stuart for D three then. Yeah, yeah, I'll go the same. So it's not too uh, different. We've got sort of got those guys around the top uh, in the midfield. So putting Bont aside, I guess you can put Clary aside to start the year. Who do you think has the best shot of? We'll just say challenging Bont really, uh, and if not being that M two uh, towards the end of the year, George, who have you, who have you got? It's- so just a quick question on this before we yep. go. Are we going on total points on average here? Because I think the hard part is with total points, you've got some mids that I might like. So I'll sell every like Goulden, but he's got the extra buy. So I, I'm, I think might think he gets close on average, average on total points. Average. 
All right, all right. It's an interesting thought. Will it still count in the game, JD, like that round zero score, even though it doesn't because the game hasn't officially started? Will it still still show up in the I I think I think it will show up in their season average because it gets included in their price movements. So I'd imagine they just but who knows? Who knows what they do? Anyway, yeah. Average predicting they play every game. Okay, I'll start. Uh, I have Zach Butters. Hey, that's a nice one. Okay. I think uh, why, like everything has butters? to go right for him. Yep. See, so, yeah, I finished the year. I think there's uh, 61% CBAs last year. I think that'll push probably to 70. And then Kenny's talking him up big time. Butters says he's, he's going to tackle more. Um, just scores like you know contested ball. And I think they're nailing the kicks inside 50 uh, a lot of points in Supercoach. And he can hit them. And they feed him on the outside. He wins on the inside. I think he can do 120 plus this year. Good. Yeah, that's a nice one. I think he's up at 33% now, George. It's sort of becoming a consensus pick. Old Zachy Butters at this point, which I remember around the time a lot of people started looking at him last year. It always made you a bit nervous about... He ended up playing every game, but it's always a thing in the back of your mind um, about the way he plays. And now with like bulk mid-time, there might be a few uh, heart and mouth moments with him, but I think you know all going well, he definitely has the talent, so... JD, what do you think? Uh, I am struggling to pick out a mid that I really mm. like as M2. Um, so I might go left field again and pick uh, Josh Dunkley bounce back here uh, after having a pretty poor year last year. Started off slow. Um, Ashcroft in there didn't particularly help, who will be without this year. Neil's another year on and should get uh, attention again, just given that he won another brown low. So I will go with uh, Dunkley to have a very, very nice year. George is pricked up then when he heard that name. Oh, I think it's years. a good one. Yeah. Like without the early buy, yeah. you're getting a lot more discussion. Um, and without Ashcroft, like JD said, I think it's a good like, He's still in his prime, man. How old is Dunks? Like 27, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. like... He should be in the absolute prime. Neil is sort of another year older, obviously coming off from Brownlow that we don't probably don't want to talk well, about. But and let's, let's not forget the tattoos. <laughs> exactly. Let's not like, forget the tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it all together, JD. It just makes sense. Surely is there anything that says wash like tattoos? But no, Neil Neil does turn thirty one this year. So um, yeah, and like before, I think before as the season starts around that time. So. Um, yeah, yeah, and you're right. Dunkley just turned 27, so right into that that prime. No Ashcroft. Yeah, yeah. let's let's go uh, Dunkley. I, I don't think it's one that any of us are going to start with, just because no. of uh, yeah, what's happened um, with the buys. But yep, keen on him. Cool. I've got two. I'm tossing up here. I want to say I want to say Dawson. I do. Yeah, but I still I don't know too much. You need to correct, and I am thinking about it. But Tom Green's the one I'm going to. Stay yeah. here. He's 23, 24, finally coming on as a player. You know, we saw the, I think, what big explosion the back end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, your Cogs, you know, Kelly's certainly, you know, Kelly's still relatively of age, but he's just entering his prime. They've been sort of nurturing him and bringing him along slowly for a couple of years. We've always sort of been wondering when. And, and, um, I guess it kind of happened two years ago, but last year was just a real boom. And now we see him at a starting price of like, over 600,000 and it just feels like the time he can really push on and, and just go 
bang for a whole, whole year. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a one one twenty average player. Um, you know, for a two three year period at some point in his career, whether that starts this year or maybe someone yeah sometime like next year. I'm not sure, but I'll go with him. I think, I think you know, without yeah. Clary, he feels just like the next Clary. You know, um, love the that, young crop. Love that pick. Yeah, I mean, so. he had a couple of what injury affected games or tags yeah. or something like that that brought down his average a little bit, but. The last four games he came back, uh, you know, after round 21, he went 130 in those. So, dogs game, he went absolutely bananas. Uh, dogs early on, yeah. he went 170 fantasy, 135 super coach. Um, I would say that's like the one knock on him last year is that we didn't get any real ceiling games. So there was yeah. a 170 fantasy, 136, 141, 128 fantasy. And usually you might expect to see like a 150 plus in super coach. But Especially he only, play like him. Yeah, yeah which is contested balls. inside. Um, but yeah, he only had a 145 and that was in the very final game against Carlton. That was his high score. Otherwise, everything else was kind of 135 or below though. So, uh, you know, you could see a couple more ceiling games, clean up some of those floors. Uh, I could totally buy into that. And the way that GWS are playing the back end of the year clearly suited his style because that's when everything clicked into place for them. So, um, sure. yeah, really, really good chance. Uh, he, he was like, like, oh, Dunkley, Green, Butters, they're probably <laughs> the first three that I thought of. So I really, yeah. really like those suggestions for potential M2s. Cool. Do we want to do any others? Just maybe a Smoky George, or do you want to move on? Bit oh, love for Dawson. Next... I've got Dawson at the moment, but my uh, M3 at the moment. Well, if you're wondering why you've had all these outages in Melbourne, it's because Petrarch is training the house down something Oh, bad. no. Oh, that's no. so bad. That's so bad. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, I think, unfortunately, Melbourne's four lines a mess, and I think that's going to stop him from getting there. But, man, no Oliver for a bit if that happens and more midfield time for Petrarca. I think he'll go like 125, but might not happen. But, yeah, I like track though, so I just put him in there. Yeah, I think he said something in the pod again. Maybe watch it, George. Like he said, it's time to sort of give some younger kids some more responsibility, like sparrows and those types in the midfield. So I just always think he's going to be that guy who plays too much time forward. And to be Dylan honest, Brown he can score there. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't think it, I don't think it's as big of an issue really as we think. You know, we tend to go CBA's points, you know, mid-time points, but tracks like probably scores most of his points inside fifty anyway. Um, when you break it down, so um, yeah. I can see. I can see. What, I mean, the guy's an absolute machine, professional. He's put the most into himself to to get the most out of it. So, uh, any others, JD? You want to just no? I was, I was just going to say, like, the thing I don't like about Petrarca is people are now pretty well aware that his splits without Oliver were pretty good last year. So, one twenty-four without one sixteen with. He had ten games without Oliver. If Oliver's already integrated into the main group, I think the likelihood that he gets ten more games without him this yeah. year is probably pretty low, unless there's a, a major setback. So. I'm probably off him. Um, I guess as like a smoky, uh, I like for my M3, I'd go LDU. I think he is the prototypical high scoring mid in this game. Uh, there's just a couple of knocks, which is that he can't stay on the park and he plays for a bottom four team, uh, which could definitely hold him back. So, but yeah, I mean, if I was going to go smoky, I'd go LDU. Yep. Cool. All right. Into the rocks. Um, I think it's pretty just clear. Tim, big Timmy English provided he plays out the year again is gonna gonna score the most points. Um, I got Ryan R one. You really oh. do like actually. Mm-hmm. I think just he doubling just down the... last year. Yeah, I had him R one last year too. <laughs> I just think the split will hurt English, and he's just 
bit of age upside too with Rowan. So Rowan did absolutely smash it. What one thirty for like the last like, yeah eight weeks or yeah. something. And then in the final two, he was huge. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see him challenging to an extent, but maybe the rock rules hurt him though. Yes, maybe this is a really interesting point. You know? It should hurt both of them because yeah. they are more athletic rocks and uh, like bigger, bulkier rocks like Gorn, Goldie, Briggs. These types should be able to stiff arm them out of contest a little bit more and not be jumped or like have them jump over the top. Darcy's another one that will benefit as well. So yeah, I think it hits uh, hurts them for both like uh, total hitouts and hitouts to advantage as well. Yeah. English just does so much around elsewhere that yeah, he did, I mean, high, you know, he did have a high amount of like hit out advantage though, still, didn't he? Yeah, he did really well last year. Um, I think he was one of the I think he had the most hit out to advantage of anyone in the top 10, and that's probably partly because of who he's hitting it to as well, just one of the best midfields yeah. in the competition. But before his breakout last year, we were looking at you know, in games where he had at least 20 hit outs won, what rescores. And they were massive. So, like in last year, when Dogs went up to being one of the highest stoppage teams in the competition, and he's you know winning fair share to the best midfield, like it just all uh, came together. So I could I could see why it goes backwards. And uh, look, you're right that he's never been super reliant on hitouts, but those were where the ceiling games came. Like having all of that come together. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so George Rowan, um, JD, would you say anyone or? I mean, besides uh, English, it's kind of tough, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've got English still uh, one. Um, he's still in the right age, too. Like, isn't he young? Is he only 26? So he should still be, you know, um, improving yeah. as he grows into his body. And, like, yeah, while the athleticism hurt, like, hurts him, isn't he one of the taller rocks as well? What's his height? 208. So, yeah, I mean, he should be one that has long limbs and levers to actually push out as long as he gets the strength. But yeah, if, if you weren't going to go either of those two, I guess that's the interesting thing. Like, who do you think could um, sneak into that R1 or R2 spot this year? And for my mind, it, there's only two, and that would be uh, Gorn and Darcy as the really the only two alternatives. Yep. Yeah, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't at least mention the, the big fella because, look, I've backed him in, try to, you know, hopefully get him back to his... I mean, it was only 2021, and that is three years ago now, so... Um, that he went on an absolute tear. You know, he played 21 games. He did uh, miss one at the start of the year. He was coming off sort of a limited preseason, uh, if I remember. Um, and he got himself all the way up to 700,000 over uh, towards the back end of the year when he added like 190, 180, 150, 90, 110, 120, 150. Like, it's cap- he's capable of that. Um, there's been some unfortunate, you know, niggles along the way. Um you know, one time he had to bend down and put some pressure on because Bradley Hill missed a kick and rolled, tweaked his ankle. Never forget. Um, <laughs> and then last year was just a bit of a weird start. And then he had, you know, an absolute uh, hot patch for a bit and then obviously ended off the season with that injury. So reports he's been flying. The new rule that we, we just talked about before uh, could be big for him. He, you know, could get a lot of hit outs to advantage. They've got sort of that up-and-coming midfield, Sarong, Brayshaw, Young in there now. Um if he's supposedly back to his best. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think he's one that can challenge, at least R2. I think English is just going to be R1 again, and we'll have to get him in at some point, hopefully for a little bit cheaper. But um, I think Darcy's one that can challenge uh, to be top two. Anything else in the ruck line? Well, no, the like other Max one. Next. 
Yeah. yeah. The only other one I'd say is that like true smoky and maybe someone I'd like to pick in draft to upside is Kieran Briggs. Uh, and like, yeah, he's only had one half season where he scored well. He went, what, 109 in that half season. Uh, but we've kind of saw with um, Marshall and Gorn, like they had their seasons where they first kind of broke out at the back half of the year. And the next year they just kicked on massively. And I, I do wonder if that's like a similar path that we could see for Briggs. And he goes from like 109 to like a 120 this year, which would be pretty outstanding. But once again, he was cooking when uh, GWS were cooking at the back end of the year. They don't have Flynn anymore. So, yeah, like I think small interest at Briggs actually becomes um, one of the top three rucks in the comp this year. Yeah. I think part of it's just me wanting to just move on from this Gaundy era and it's just not happening. Oh, yeah. It's so annoying that <laughs> we're back I mean? to Gaundy it's, and it's like so everyone boring. owns them. Yeah, it's boring. It is boring. It's like, like a joke of Respect to them. Respect to them. They've, yeah, exactly. They've both been absolutely unreal and now they're getting them at a cheaper price and it's like, yeah, back to the well. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> That's why I love cheering for someone like obviously Shrek, but like even Brinsy yeah. last year, just a new guy on the block yeah. who's been toiling away in the twos and he's come out and put his stamp as an AFR Ruckman, you know. I'd... And like if they're all like, you know, if they're a bit more expensive, then, yeah. you know, at least be weighing It'll up English question, and Marshall yeah. still. Yeah, like, but instead. But they have to go to the not... same team and then cheapen themselves, like for God's yeah. sake. Yeah, it was yeah. never going to work. Uh, okay. Sad. Forward line, we'll finish off with that. Um, we all think, you know, at this point in time, Flanders can be F1 is probably the only one to really stamp uh, towards that. You know, McRae, we won't disrespect him, but he's had a bit of a, just a slight fall off from his height. He's still averaged 99, just a tick under 100 last year, but he is uh, getting on with age. He has done a little hamstring in the preseason as... As we mentioned before, I think he'd be back training. I think, well, he's back training probably this week with the main group. So it's nothing super serious, but um, as George would say, he's done it. So uh, he's off the list. Anyone else, like outside of those two guys that we can even consider talking about? Um, George, have you got anyone? Yes. The GOAT. <laughs> Isaac Heat. No. I've got Dusty F2. <laughs> I got Dusty F2. Wow. I just think his form last year was nuts, and the way he's training seems good. So, scored out of position, which was pretty impressive. Is that going to continue for the full year? No. Um, can he do 100 plus? Gee, uh, he sort of proved he could, but it's a very tough ask. So, he's my F2. <sighs> it just feels so weird to say, JD, doesn't it? After the forward lines we've been discussing of years past, mentioning. Dusty as possible F2 in this uh, 2024 preseason just doesn't seem right. No, I, mean, I don't think there's I don't think there's any way I can back that. He's deep into his 30s. I the chance he's fit for the year as well is so low. That's my uh, probably bigger question. I don't probably doubt his scoring ability still at this age. It's he just seems to have missed something. Miss you know we've had these hamstring awareness as they call them these days. And whether that's just a week off for Dusty because it's Dusty, it still happens. Like that's is it really hamstring? I don't know. Is it a little dart off to New Zealand for the weekend? Probably. But like, he still misses <laughs> the game, right? You don't get the super coach points for, you know, how many drinks he has in New Zealand with his old man. So you need to still think of that. But that's where we're at with the forward line, Jenny. So if you don't want to say Dusty, okay. who else are you going to say? Uh, we're going to say Luke Jackson, I think. Um, yeah, he's another one of the rucks that doesn't benefit from the rule. But... Maybe Darcy goes down. 
uh, and Luke Jackson ends up being F two for the year. I, I, actually, I probably, still, I, is. <laughs> I probably still have I still have McRae probably two, and then Jackson F three. I think yeah. if I was to rank him, I'd go that. And then maybe Tigers can go four, five, six, and you could have all of Shy, Genuinely. Dusty, and Baker in there. Yeah, genuinely. Maybe Shay drops off if he's touted to just stay parked a bit more forward. Um, but Bakes could be one that sneaks up. Man, I don't even know where I want to take my claim here for for the next forward out of you know. Say Dusty, say it. <laughs> Look, you said it. So I don't want to say the same. Um, Caleb Daniel. No, I'm kidding. I just sort of pissed yours off. Oh. <laughs> and he last, killed my season at the back end of last year. You. Everyone, oh, everyone talks about how good. Too. Yeah, everyone talks about how good dog scoring uh, is. But Daniel killed me for the back end of last year, and then I traded in Libba, and he got concussed. Like, uh, mate, it was Bond in English. It was good. Everyone else was actually a trap. Dale, no good. Like, just yeah. Yeah, and I won't say a Tiger because it could be. Yeah, go on. How how nice would it be having Bazlenka in your forward line right now? Like, just being able to look at mm. him and be like, yeah, I, if there's one thing I can count on. Like, 440 as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, it was the maybe, freest. Maybe bit. it's Bakes. Um, I'll just give a shout out to Dylan Moore. You know, I've seen him in a few teams Love here it. and there. I don't know if the role's ever really going to be there. Just another one of those players that's just too good off half forward. Does a lot for the team up there. But I guess the argument is they've got – you know, um, Ginevan in, they drafted uh, Watson, the other small forward. Maybe there's um, time, you know, time for him to go up the ground a bit into the guts. But again, they're so deep. They're not deep, but they've got a lot of players that they've played through the guts in the last year or two. And others that are still trying to get in, you know, like your C-Macs and, well, your younger C-Mac. Hawks <laughs> to my head in, to be honest, with how many players they've got. <laughs> yeah. And it's not certain who's top in any of those positions, so... All right, well, George. Hypothetical. Sammy Mitchell comes out and says, I've seen the light. I've seen what George and JD have been saying for years. Connor McDonald is the truth, and we're going to give him 70%. Yeah, you're not claiming Connor McDonald. That's my pick. I have a bandwagon, early bandwagon, all right? You've got to let me on. You've got to let me on. All right. Um, I think it might be a mid-season thing. It, but it just a hypothetical, he says, we're giving C-Mac 70% CBAs for the year, right? Out oh. of the gate, straight out of the gate. Is he in your F1? Are you locking him in? <laughs> uh, not F1, F2. Okay, okay, okay. I think I'd still take him F1 over Flanders, but yeah. He had, a, uh-huh. he had well, his games with the most CBAs, he was a sub because they had to sub him on to play midfield. He scored 70 off, or 70 DT off 40% games. Like a quarter and a half. Beast. <laughs> yeah. Beast. yeah. Did he, what was his highest games with? Um, oh, it's not, yeah, probably that one game you're talking about, 24% that was probably in a half. So, um, all right, well, that's our sort of wrap up of some other premiums besides the top that we think, you know, the obvious ones as your Dacos, Bont, English, Flanders. So, who do you think? Put in the comments below if you had to pick sort of, M, you know, second in the, in the line and beyond, uh, whether you disagree or agree with any of us. Uh, and let's go to the next topic, boys, because uh, that forward line that we were just speaking about, we're going to have to speak about it some more again. But this time goes, you know, a bit bit lower in price um, because that's all I'm seeing. You know, you open up the Discord, see anyone post their team on Twitter, and it's just a forward line full of 200, 300K players. Uh, and <laughs> maybe Flanders or McRae sitting there, and the rest is just absolute uh, value and bargain. Do we trust any of these? So I think we should go through them sort of one by one, get your opinions. Um, and we've got about seven or eight here. So I think Tom Lynch, we can get out the way pretty quickly. 
maybe had some traction a few weeks ago or a month ago. Um, said now that he's sort of touch and go for even round one. Won't probably play round zero. That misses his score in the round zero. Affects his price changes for another week. Coming in under, you know, not underdone, but off a long, long layoff. Uh, don't think we can pick him, can we? Nope. Move on. Nathan Five. Yeah. Looking directly at JD here. Let's um, go. Not just you, to be honest, about 33% roughly of our viewers too, because that's roughly what the amount of sides he's in. Um, All right. Our viewers are more astute than the casual fan. They have got much higher ownership than 33%. I assure you of that. <laughs> Maybe speak for your viewers, because hopefully that's not mine or George. Uh, I'll let you two go out in this, JD. What, what have you sort of read and seen about Fife this preseason that makes you want to go down that path? All right. Firstly, full preseason. Most important thing here is that we've got a full preseason. We've got an old injury-prone guy, but he's got a full preseason under his belt, and that's what matters. If there's injury setbacks, we pivot off this pick very quickly. Secondly, midfield time. They have they have acknowledged that the forward experiment has failed. They need to play him back in the midfield. He's a great overhead mark around the ground, one of his hallmarks throughout the year, but it does not translate to the forward line, and he's not a goal kicker. So we are getting midfield five again. And that, to me, says so much upside in a midfield that already had lots of players scoring well. They already had Brayshaw, Sarong, um, Amira, Brody. They've all been able to score. Mundy, all been able to score well in that midfield. Why not Fife in 2024, assuming he's fit and playing that role? I think there'll be some management of him. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we're getting back to like a 80% plus time on ground. Fife thinks probably more like a 70%, 70, 75% range. But I don't see any reason why with, you know, 75% CBAs, uh, sorry, 75% time on ground, 60% CBAs that we couldn't get a solid 85 to 90 average out of him, which at his price is absolute value. Has the great buy as well. Uh, lots to like about the Fife pick, assuming he's uh, firing and healthy for round one. George, I'll let you be oh my God. the Here rebuttal for me and a few others that might disagree. So, How many tons did he score last year? Uh, it's a relevant stat, all right? How much midfield time did he play at 60% plus CBA? Zero. So <laughs> he's not like, getting you know, 60. What, what do you mean he's not getting 60? He won't get 60 every game. They'll kill him. He won't last <laughs> around five if they give him 60. Mate, they, he didn't last playing forward, so I uh, may as well do something with him. How many games over 75 out of nine or 10 games? Uh, two. Two. Yep. Two scores over 75 last year. Wrong. One. <laughs> uh, no, round 13, round 15. Oh, I, I guess equal to 75 is not over 75. Technically, you got me. Oh. Okay. Put the cutoff there. Yeah. I guess I can see like the role will be good. The role for a lot of other players is bad. He's old. He looks slow. They have perfectly fine cover for him. I don't know why they're still playing him other than the fact that he's Nat Fife. Um, he's a dual Brownlow medalist. Come on. Respect on the name. Michael Jordan won seven championships. He's 50 now. He's not good anymore. Did you not love his <laughs> Wizards career? That was great. <laughs> 30 oh. shots a game and 20, 20 points a game. I think you've annoying. worried it all about is um, maybe being a sub candidate, JD, you know, and playing like a three quarters and getting subbed. Yeah, like I think that. that's that's totally possible. Um, but he's what what's he priced at at the moment in um yeah, not a hell of a lot. <laughs> 50, 51, something, something like, like that. that. 
Yeah. Um, so in a line where we're not getting much, I think the likelihood that he goes like not. 75 plus yeah. is like super easy. His job security is, I think, locked. And some of the Just others that we'll talk is. about won't be locked. Yeah. There is some sub-risk for management though. Um, and maybe if they get blowout wins early on, he's someone that they look at managing in the fourth. I could see that being possible. Um, but like also knowing Fife, he's not the type to want to be managed either. So I think there will be some give and go on that. Like, yeah, there's some management of his body, but if he's feeling good, I don't think he'd rest just for rest's sake. Look, honestly I honestly think this is a joke, and I this is <laughs> not gonna work. Let me be I, I think you can honestly get 120, 130k out of a rookie, and I'd be shocked if you got that out of five. That's where I was gonna sort of sit on the fence, not sit on the fence, but be devil's advocate into well on JD's side and say you don't need 15, 10, even 10 games out of him, right? If he's coming in with a full preseason, they give him the shot at the start of the year to play a bit more mid-time than he has in the last year or two. You get six, seven, eight rounds out of him. Gets to, what, 400K? Would you call that a WJD? And, and yeah, a massive, it's all about, a it's all about the timing of getting off him, right? You know, you don't want to carry yep. him too much further to where he hurts you with a bad sub-score, injury score, something like that. It's going to come down to that, and I don't want to back myself in really personally to time that well. Um, so that's probably why I'll stay avoidant. But uh, I mean, a couple I... of nice little things on the fixture here. So North round two for Frio, that's a big mm. score waiting. And then West Coast round six, uh, like beautiful. A couple of real nice games there just to juice, juice those numbers. Yep. Yep. I know we've heard this story before in preseason. It's looking good. Fell apart yep. instantly. It did. It did what it fell apart round one last year. <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't make didn't last one game out. Oh, I'm just a little PTSD of me seeing another Freo player that's under three hundred K doing you know, doing me in. So maybe JD's trying to get, you know, sort of redemption there <laughs> from a couple of years back. And I'll sit here with oh, neither yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get neither and I'll, I'll be Actually, in the this is a great point. If Will Brody could start at the same point and average like, I don't know, a hundred for the if year. Do, why can't Nat fly? Why cannot fly? One of the best players yeah. we've seen in the last exactly. decade. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's going to happen to me, right? I'm not going to go. And he's the competition to... agreeing with you though, JD. It's 33% owned is pretty significant. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just think differently or wrong. I don't know. It's a no from me, though. No, I mean, like, the uh, we've spoken about this for a bit in the Discord, but um, what ownership is is not the coaches that we're playing against. What you really care no. about is what serious coaches have. So I almost feel like 50 or 60s, yeah. co- you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so 33 is like over half of them. I, I don't, let me check. There must be a five poll on the Discord recently, which has a better reflection of what his ownerships are. Let me try and bring that up. Because I actually think we may be under that. I don't, I don't think he's actually a very popular pick. I know Yo is not. Five, five, five. Yeah, and Yo. I mean, Yo, Yo is 400 and something K. So that, to me, seems like a no. Just definite no. Oh, okay. So like 20 of 58 have five at the moment. So that is a percentage for those playing at home. Uh, 35%. Okay, so it's about bang on the average. There you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll see, George. I, I look, I might want to see a game, one of the practice games, and just use my eyes and see how does he actually look out there because that's probably all I'm going to be able to go off. Obviously, a bit of roll, uh, see what the midtime truly is. Um, but just see if he's actually moving a bit better than 
what we've got in our minds of his last few appearances on, on a footy field. So we should actually, move on. Uh, we've spoken enough about five, probably. Yeah. Um, sh- actually, shout out to um, uh, this Discord user's great name, Daddy Parish. Uh, what an excellent name. But he, he polled a fair few of these uh, mid prices all at once about a week ago. So we've got some good numbers on all of them. So Lynch, um, uh, no one of 59 voters had Lynch or 58 voters. So, yeah. Yep. They all thumbs it down. Uh, cool. Yeah. And then five was, as you said, at about 20, uh, 20 or 58 or something like that. Yep. Something like that. So next one, uh, James Jordan, uh, obviously moved across to Sydney. Um, seen mixed reports. So maybe some D's fans are, you know, giving some negative ones and everyone else, you know, in Swansland's giving some good ones. But I th- think as far as I'm aware, there's a there's a role for him somewhere on a wing, um, maybe half forward, something like that. So what have you guys seen about James Jordan and are you considering him at all, George? Sounds like potentially wing, which is a hard no from me. I'd like to see the role in round zero. This is one I'm not fully across. I know his junior number, um, VFL numbers were nuts, like 126 DT average, which is incredibly good. So can score. Um, I need to see a bit more. I know he spoke about getting continuity, like being dropped, being the sub, like he want, doesn't want that anymore. So see if he can consolidate himself, see how he looks in the preseason. I want to see a, I want to see CBAs. Uh, pure yep. wing is a no from me. Yep. Yeah, he's just another one of those round zero players, right? So, um, could see what happens. Uh, the two seventy five, it's a bit hikey. Um, but I think he's shown in the past uh, the ability to get up to four. I think he's been four hundred k plus before in a previous Done seventies on the wing. So it's possible. Um, JD, what are your thoughts? Uh, so what? I'm just trying to have a look at. Uh, how many sub games he had last year? I think it was eight of eighteen. Um, yep. So he comes in very heavily discounted just based on how little he was used last year. Uh, and yeah, it's come across obviously to get more continuity and play a proper role. I think he's what at the point where he's played over fifty games now in his career. He's getting to that point where he's you know physical prime. The type of players we like to pick for breakouts are those that have swapped clubs for more opportunity. I think the one concern is the role uh, and exactly what that looks like because. Wings can score okay on Sydney, but it's not always the case. And if he is competing for a wing role, they've also got uh, Goulden, McInerney, and uh, Campbell as the incumbents there. So, you know, exact what does that exactly look like? I think there's you know some positive stuff in the preseason, at least from I've read what I've read, which is um, was second in the time trial post Christmas just behind Goulden, and then I had been talked up really highly in some of the intra work they'd been doing someone that was competing well and you know spending a bit time inside and outside so getting a better mix of the two but yeah some concern over um i guess what exactly that role looks like what the scoring potential is is in it and then the best 22 um job security as well yep one of the guys will be watching very closely um the next few weeks Maybe another one is Harms, but I think it's pretty set, George. You're across the dogs mostly that he's going to have a role. He's in their best 22. They like what they see from him. It's just a matter of, you know, what, how much mid-time, I guess, compared to half forward will, will he be getting? I don't know what the split will be. Sounds like he's got a bit of, obviously, like mid-time again. 
in intra clubs is like sketch two teams, but yeah, uh, apparently he's just looked good. I think he's done three hamstrings in eighteen months, which is not great. But two fifty k, at least he's like twenty eight, so age should be in his prime really. Uh, with the full preseason, I'll probably just take that bet. He's in my team at the moment. Am I confident in him? Not at all, but we'll see. So, yeah, um, yeah. I know um, a few dogs podcasts. I think one is inside the kennel on YouTube. But they're pretty good. They've got insider stuff, and they really like him so far. So, um, looks like he'll play. And I think a lot of these forward rookies who I'd like to run might be sub risk. So, yeah, might yep. need to pay up, but we'll see. Yep. JD just he looks like one of those ones people are sort of over just yeah as George said as probably the most security of being in the team that we know of right now um, and yeah you don't exactly know the role but maybe the best of the lot so far who knows yeah I mean I think so the, the I, I like I don't really like arms to pick and I think the inside mid time that he talked about was overblown I think what players talk about as mid time is different to what we look for as mid time so we're looking for like that high CBA always on the ball role where what I hear from harms when he says he's going to play mid time forward half is, yeah probably yeah is is similar probably to what his Melbourne role was I think for me conceptually I, I find it hard to imagine that they would play him more CBAs than what McRae did and McRae was thirty five percent so if he's got a similar role. Um, to what McCray did last year. What is his upside in that role? I think the the good news is that um, Melbourne was 14th for ruck contest last year. Dogs were second, so very high stoppage team compared to Dees. So it does give him more opportunity to push up and be around the ball and be involved in that. Uh, but yeah, like I'm not I'm not super optimistic about him. He's someone that I've considered starting because I have fife and jordan in my team at the moment but part of the reason why is they're just more expensive than harm so i know i can move down to him pretty quickly and free up some cash so it's probably more a safety and structuring thing than anything at the moment um yeah like not confident on any of these guys yeah yep it's the way it looks right now that's why we gotta keep a close eye on all of them there's a few more um maybe one's not as um enticing i'll just bring up billings maybe first here i was going in price order but he's probably sort of the next in a similar group to the ones we've mentioned so far um and yeah just another point of is he best 22 i think he more than likely will be but it it is a hard team to crack into still melbourne and we're gonna have Guys like Clary, most of the, I mean, he still might play round zero or round one, and that'll be a good indicator if uh, Billings is in the team with him. But Cozzy, right? Is he missing the first game? Um, suspended, yeah. Suspended, right? Still carried over. So maybe, you know, is he on the fringes? It's tough because they, they actually got quite a good bit of young talent there, George. So it's still not an easy, it's a good list, uh, Melbourne, and it's hard to crack into. Yeah, one, hopefully he's not on the wing. They can play um, Hunter, Langdon, Windsor on the wings. Not sure where Hunter's at at the moment regarding injury, but we want Billings half forward and he can score in that role. He's new club. He needs a fresh start. He needed one badly. Didn't really have a clean run, like had a hamstring issue, like and before that had a pretty badly broken leg. So he's had injury problems where like hasn't really been given a chance to I have a you know good preseason and then good form, so that's his chance now. And I think he's got a point to prove. So, and as you said, as Track was saying on the Dylan friends, like he's a good ball user inside fifty. And we saw in that final, in the final series, like the first half, it was just like almost lost the game. They basically lost the game by bombing it the whole time. And 
they need someone who can lower their eyes with confidence to kick it inside 50. That's hopefully him. If he's there round yep. one, he will be in my team. I, I'd be so surprised if he wasn't best 22. I think um, some something disastrous has to have with injury and all that for him not to be there. Uh, and one of the things that D's track watchers have talked about most that have been impressed with him in the preseason is that link up between D50 and forward 50, which is something they lacked for sure. Uh, how many times did we see the ball get kicked long to Gorn only for Gorn to Butterfinger at last year? One of the most frustrating things you'll ever see. So, yeah, I think Billings does add that class. Uh, I think he's underrated a bit just because of his injury-affected years uh, in a you know relatively averaged poor St Kilda side. Uh, the one thing I would say is that he they have managed him um, for periods in the preseason with soreness. So while he's not injured, I, I still think there is some body management that's going on given he turns 29 this year, which is surprising because mm, he looks so young. He looks like he could be 22 or 3, right? But you yeah. forget that he's uh, played nearly 150 games now. So, yeah. Yep. Classic Billings. I mean, we forget he's had years of 90 plus, like multiple, yep. like five or something, four or five. So we used to own him in like five or six years ago when the four line was weak back then as well. Like he was an option. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be at this price, yes, he's, his last two years have just been just pretty much write-offs. But fresh start, I think, yeah, definitely something we have to consider. It's just a matter of is he best 22 and where's he fit in? That's that's the thing with all of Billings, Harms, and Fife, right? They've all had history of being able to score more than enough. It's just who can get back there this year, um, whether yep. it be through fitter body, new team, new role. Yeah, yeah, those three you mentioned, all new teams. Um, a couple uh, more five, to get at. Yep. Uh, yeah, Jordan, Harms, and Billings, those three. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Elijah Hewitt, when we ran similar price, no. we're just going around this Injured. price bracket. Yeah, might not, not going to be there around one. Required uh, Eagles, but he's one that uh, is around that price. Dev Robert, uh, Robertson, sorry. Yeah, um, also injured. Yeah, yeah, it's just... Wrist, second surgery. Cross, crossing them off like flies. And then the last one, JD, to you is Elijah Tsardis. Is that how you say it, I think? Um, yeah, I believe so. So Hobbs going down, we mentioned off the top, George did that. Yeah, I mean, you obviously got your, your mainstay midfielders. And he's sort of fighting around with like, Hobbs and what Setterfield, but can he get a role in the midfield or has he got to play elsewhere to get some games? What do you think? Uh, sorry, uh, talking to me about Sardis. Sorry, I thought I had George for some reason. We're getting to that <laughs> point in the podcast. We've passed an hour. and Over an hour. I'm, yeah. I'm struggling. Um, and then your camera's frozen as well. So I'm like, who are oh, you looking it really? at? It looked like you were looking towards George's side. Anyway. Um, so Sardis, I, I think, yeah, he should be best 22, but I still see him as friend. So I think he's a sub-risk at points and there's a chance they manage him um, throughout the year. And I don't think it's going to be an inside role he plays. It'll probably be half forward up onto the wing. I'm sure they'll give him a chance to be at stoppages just because that is where some of his better work has been done in the past. But it's probably going to be quite hard to predict. And then the last part is that they've done a fair bit of work at trying to correct or improve his kicking form, depending on how you look at look at it, which wasn't, a weakness coming out of draft, but definitely seemed to be one last year. So uh, when you try and correct a player's kicking like that, you can have it come back even further as they adjust to this new style until it becomes kind of second nature and they adjust to it. So um, there's definitely been some Sardis kick watchers at, at, you know, Bombers headquarters um, bemoaning basically how slowly that's progressing. And I think it may not be as much of a problem for fantasy, but definitely for super coach where efficiency matters. Uh, if he's playing more outside and his kicking isn't developed along as far as we could have, 
Uh, he probably puts him behind some of these other options that we've talked about in terms of Jordan, Billings, Harms, Fife. Yep. Cool. Uh, any others, George? Quick mention around that sort of area. No. Nothing. I think you said someone like maybe a Combin JD, maybe playing defence. Not sure if he's in the best team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's very very cheap, and North are struggling for keys. So they even uh, they cheekily put out a video of him taking a kick in. I think on on Twitter or Instagram uh, or something like that. So. Yeah, following that Tim English mold of the tallest guy on the team taking the kick-ins. Yeah. Um, not much else. So that, that's sort of all in that range that I think a lot of people are debating uh, to cheap out in the forward line this year. So, yeah, keep an eye on them for the next few weeks. Um, and we'll finish off with uh, some high-owned fades. So just a bit of fun here. Some guys that... I mean, we, do we want to phrase it that we think we're not, like, not going to start no matter what? Or more yes, towards no, maybe. just yes, guys no, that aren't have maybe someone who like hasn't entered your team but is in twenty plus percent of sides, you know, so far. Because um, I'm sure if we say they're absolutely not going to be in our team and we end up starting them, that'll get clipped uh, and reposted some, somewhere in round one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I can start the same. I will not start Sam Walsh. Okay. Oh, why buy or not a believer? I, I am someone to believe. I think he would be 110 plus. I do recall the game style changing for um, Carlton. I posted this in Discord like almost two months ago. So post by Chera, Cripps, and Walsh marks basically cut in half after the Gold Coast game. Yep. So maybe that affects him a little bit. I'm not sure Walsh is guaranteed. Is he like 70, 80% CVAs? I'm not sure. I probably should be. And then on Dylan Frenzy said, but... yeah, on Dylan Frenzy said it might take. Uh, 12 to 24 months to get over his back issue, but clearly going to be far better prepared this year than last. So, yeah. um, honestly, I'm not actually as confident in like saying that he's a fade because uh, <laughs> I should not doubt Sam Walsh. That's very silly. Oh, yeah, he made it look stupid there, but he's someone that I won't pick regardless. But yeah, you can just say start and, and trade into him right after his buy <laughs> if he's looking good. Uh, I probably won't even do that. I think there's enough mids that can go with him without using a trade. Yeah, it just depends. He's a bit of value, right? But I guess if you don't start it, that value quickly goes if he's any good. So, JD. Uh, all right. So, I think if I'm just looking down the list, the highest owned player that I'm probably not likely to start is, oh, he's going to haunt me again this year, but it's going to be James Sicily, I think. Um, the 114 <laughs> average he put up last year was, you know, historically good numbers for him and a lot of really high ceiling games in there. I think the point around he makes sense to tag if you want to stop the Hawks um, or put some defensive work into him makes sense. And we saw over the back end of the year when uh, they started playing around with others at halfback, including Amon, that he lost kick-ins and his scoring went away a little bit with that as well. So all of these things state to me that he's going to regress a little bit. So rather than a 114 average, maybe more in the 105 to 110 range. Uh, so not worth starting for me for someone that I think will go backwards. But of course, Sicily could burn. Don't get me wrong. He could absolutely burn. But yeah, I think he's going to go uh, a little bit backwards and I'll probably try and grab him at a cheaper point later in the year. I do hope you're very wrong about that. As someone who's probably the most likely to start him, but hey, that's that's the game. Um, it's tough. I'm looking at some 
players here. I'm probably looking towards midfield as well, like George. And I think again, someone like Goulden is very easy to say, due to you know having one of those early buys. Um, you know, is that quite an elevated price? Is he going to get full mid time? They obviously brought in you know guys like Adams and. Um, you know, I'm not sure what his CBAs ended up being sort of as a total at the end of last year, but um, there was periods when Errol was, you know, out on a wing or not playing midfield at all. And look, he still can score in those games. He's shown, you know, how good he is, but there were some where he wasn't. Um, so I'll probably say Errol is someone I just, I don't think he's entered my team once and I don't think he probably will before round one. But it just feels like a bit of a cop out since he has a buy and I can just use that as a bit of yep. an excuse. So I'll probably say someone like, oh, well, again, Maybe I was going to say Took, but he's one of those players too. So, um, someone without the buy, so it's not um, Jack Steele. <laughs> no, I think he, I just can go back there until he doesn't have a buy right, and he's just no. is he highly at a, at a cheaper price. He's not. He's creeping as up as the others, but he's in like twelve or thirteen percent. I know he's in yeah, twenty okay. plus, but the buy, the the buy, the guys with buyers were too easy to say. So. Um, yeah, someone like that. Um, I don't want to go too too much into it because, uh, yeah, there's not too much to say. But just the way he ended the year last year, he had a couple of good games here and there, but most of them watching him in my team was a bit uh, hard to watch. So yeah, um, we'll go with him. But yeah, mostly Errol. Someone you know, that he's had his first really good year and um, with that early buy. Uh, I, mean, I guess there is Wing some time. doubt about his midfield. Yeah, there is some doubt, I guess, about his midfield time. So that's a decent, decent point to make until we see it. Anything else, lads? Sign off. It's been a good hour and twenty minutes back in the, uh, the podcast world. Getting uh, the North game in at ten a.m. Boys. Oh, footy's basically back. Uh, I'll probably give that one a miss, but I'll read the reports. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sunday night. Sorry, Sunday morning. Yeah, um, KO game start. So that's pretty exciting because it's been like a dog without water at the moment. Just need to be fed. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> a dog without water need to be fed? Need to be uh, thirsty. I don't a, know, bro. Is, Is that, that a South, South, South Australian Australia thing? Yeah, yeah. We do Down have Adelaide, dogs with water. Yeah. They, they breed them different over there. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I think the best part about footy being back in these interclubs is things will start moving pretty quickly once we actually get to see um, players, you know, more and more in position in dress rehearsals. So, you know, we mentioned Braden George, for example, potentially playing halfback role. Like, we'll get better better feel on all of these things as soon as we start getting some televised games. And then, as you mentioned, some of the proper interclubs from KO this weekend as well. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, things will start moving pretty quickly from here on out, I'd say so. Good, good to yep. be uh, back on the horse, back on the horse without water, as they say in South Australia. So, yeah, I look forward to the next part. I think we'll hold off until we have some actual things to talk Games about to from off. some footy. Yeah. yeah, that's you know, it's hard doing one of these, going off some stuff from last year, a bit of speculation. So, um, yeah, that'll be good. Uh, I don't know if my internet held up, but we had a massive uh, power outage today in, a, in in Melbourne down here, where neither of you boys are. It was ridiculous. Like it was thirty degrees, like in the morning till about eleven a.m., and then the the hail hit, the rain started coming down, and it bucketed for like two hours, and it was still hot. And then power, there's huge power outages everywhere. So I don't know if the internet's recovered or something still going on with the connection, but uh, hopefully that's all good for next time. 
Beautiful. All right. Catch you, boys. Been a good one. We'll see you on the next pod in, you know, week or two. Uh, We've got yeah. some stuff to talk about and um, we'll get to that then. So until next time, cheers.